Hello friends, Romans and countrymen, it's Into the Black Archive, Season 2, Episode 4. My name's James Stevenson and I'm taking you on another chapter of the long and winding narrative that is Doctor Who. <laughs> and joining me on that long and winding road is Owen Cranston. Hello. Yes, long and winding, lots of ups, but sadly at the moment mostly downs. It has been recently a few downs. Uh, season two's not been stunning. I mean, we're currently. This is episode four of season of season t- two. Two. We've so far lights, um, the Dalek one. Yep. Were we didn't hate the rescue. We didn't hate the rescue. It just didn't stand out as being amazing. Yeah, and then there was uh, the one we don't talk about. Yeah, and then there's this one. And then also Web Planet, which we've started to watch, and I think we've kind of both agreed Web Planet is just weird. We yeah, we've seen bits of it, and from what I've seen, my word, uh, we're gonna have to discuss some things and also seek yeah. counselling, maybe. Yeah. But speaking, ah, that's for another time. Yeah, but speaking of good episodes, I think I need to correct something which we've previously done. Do you think? Yeah. So you know how we do um, our. At the end of each season, we do a ranking. Yeah. Last time, I put the Aztecs in top, didn't I? Yeah, you did. And you uh, criticised me for that, thinking which I should have put on the Keys of Marinus. Yeah, Marinus is the best one of season one, for sure. I'm going to disagree with all of us. With both of us here. So I've, I finally went out, got the Lost Episodes Volume 1, so I can listen to all the missing episodes which we've missed. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think, based on the two episodes from last season, which we're missing, uh, Marco Polo is definitely the top. Wow. And um, Reign of Destruction, I'm probably going to say a second. Isn't that Reign of Terror? Reign of Terror, yep, that's it. They are both actually really good. I don't know if it's because it's in a different format in audio. Yeah, audio is a different experience. It, it, do you know how they... Have you heard about how how they do for Lost Episode stuff? No, you'd stuff? have to educate me on that one. So essentially, they've got the original audio recording. The quality is... is... is listenable. Yeah. Which I think is the best thing. So essentially, the BBC didn't keep the audio recordings themselves. Uh, someone watching at home essentially held up a microphone to their TV speaker and recorded it like that. Mm. So the audio quality is questionable, but then they then essentially you you're a screenwriter and a bit of a producer, so you know how table reads works, don't you? So you, yeah, yeah, I know how table reads work. You'll sit there and go, Ian sees something in the distance, yeah, and then you get Ian's actor going, oh look, there's a sun, something along those lines. So I think the best way to describe it is is essentially a table read. Yes, it's uh, almost an audio book yeah, in, so, a, in an odd way. Yeah, so they've got like... They could hear the sound coming along, as you can hear sound in the background and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's really, honestly, really well done. But I, I definitely think which Marco Polo has got more interesting stuff going on it than the other ones. And it seems to do good use of time. Didn't really seem to be that many low points. Not bad. Yeah, it was... I suggest that people go listen to it, really, because it's actually really good. Yeah, it might, be, it might even be worth a check out for me. Yeah, it it was really good to lis- listen to it all. And it's the same, same goes for Reign of Terror, just sort of similar format. 
to Marco Polo as well. Yeah. So I was actually reading, because this one here is the historical Romans, and they were starting to think which historical ones were sort of like a liability, so they didn't want to do the Romans. Yeah. But I disagree. I mean, I know which you're not overly keen on the Aztecs, but... I'm not, I like it. You I'm like just it. not like as loving yeah. it as you do. Yeah. But then if you think about all the ones which, which were done last season, you had the Aztecs, you had Marco Polo, you had Reign of Terror... I can't think of excluding um, an earthly child. I can't think of a bad history one they did. No, their history ones are usually better than their speculative future ones. Yeah. On the whole. But, yeah, I, I think there's always a worry that if you just do if you just do historical stories, certainly mm. in that time, you feel like you're just doing history lessons and people yeah. might not be interested in that. So that's probably more of a production concern than than anything to do with the quality yeah. of the script. But, you know, I'm glad this is historical because you've got more to play with because yeah. you know the facts more. Also, something which you get in the Lost Volume collection is that they do interviews with cast members. Mm. So you had an interview, like I think like a 30-minute interview with the guy who plays Ian. Yeah, and he was saying how he how they really enjoyed doing the historical ones because it enabled the actors and everyone just to add a bit more fun to it, which you can't really do with the science fiction stuff. Mm. And I think you can definitely see it. Really, you can see they're having yeah. a lot more fun with it. Yeah, they're kind of enjoying being in the period because they know the conventions of that period. So they yeah. they can affect their style to it. Whereas with something like I don't know, sensorite. For example, where we're just doing something completely different. You don't have as much of a frame of reference, certainly as an actor. There's also a lot more familiarity, because I imagine, which most of the actors here, I know which he, William Russell, I think his name is, um, had done a lot of stage stuff. He's a trained um, stage fighter as well. That's why he's always fighting. Oh, that makes uh, sense. <laughs> that explains it. And most, particularly around this time, most actors had been on stage and historical stuff is done a lot on stage, whereas you don't really do a lot of futuristic stuff on stage. Hmm. So I imagine that's also where it comes in on. Yeah, because there's a lot of Roman stuff that goes to stage um, as well. So that would have helped for this particular episode. Yeah. But before we do go on to this particular episode... You have something else you want to talk about, don't you? Because you were teasing this to me earlier, that, oh, I've got something yeah. else. It's, it's going to be a recurring feature for the next three episodes. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is terrifying. Yeah. So I, I finally did it. I, I I spent way too much money. What have you done? I got a big Finnish production book. Oh, God. Yeah. That's not a bad investment. I thought you were going to say something like, oh, I've bought, I've bought all the drugs again. I did get the, the CD version, though. Ooh. Which still hasn't come after a week. I honestly oh. don't know what's happened to it. You might want to, a week. You might want to. Yeah. Check, you might want to check the shipping. Yeah. If it's been a week, you'll call them maybe. Yeah, I think I will do by Wednesday. Um, but can you guess which one I got? Um, did you get the uh the Tom Baker one? No. God help us. Christopher Eccleston. Oh, you got the Eccleston ones. Yeah. How are they? How are they? Are they all right? I've heard good things about uh, Chris. So I'm going to review it week by week. So first one this week, next episode next week, 
so on. That's why it's going to be a conti- three-part continuation. That makes sense. All right. I love having... Uh, I need to put this first. I love having Christopher Eccleston back. I love his Doctor. Yeah, I love his Doctor. I don't like how they did it for story in this first episode. Okay. Is it just kind of not a lot going on, or is it convoluted? I... Well, first of all, I'm not going to do any spoilers because I don't know if you want to listen to it. And I know it's brand new. So I may want to do, listen to so... It. Um, so it slams you right into the action. Great. To the point of, I I thought I had somehow managed to start the audio book in the middle by mistake. Oh, wow. It is bang on in the action. You're running away from something. With hmm. Doctor Steen with a character you've never met before. And you're just kind of there. So that threw me off straight away. And then something mm. happens to this character which he is with. And then the entire rest of the story is the Doctor being panicked because this person has been has disappeared, essentially. Yeah. Regaling, regaling the story of the episode to a passerby. Oh. So essentially, person goes missing, and um, passed by goes, Oh, what's your story then? Oh, and he just goes, Let me tell you. <laughs> and we spend the next hour having the story essentially drip fed to us. Mm. Which, in this story, it does make sense at the end. I will say that it does make sense towards the end. Okay. But. I don't feel like it's something you would do. Because if, say, if say you were with me, James, and I suddenly disappeared, mm. would you want to discuss what we were doing pre-me disappearing to a passerby, or would you be panicking trying to work out where I went? I would be... I If I if I knew you were missing, I would be quite concerned as to where you were first. Particularly if I vanished right in front of you. Vanished right in front of you. If you vanished straight in front of me, I would... Uh, I'd, yeah, I'd be thinking about that first. Definitely. Yeah. I'd, I'd be very confused. The story itself seems interesting, but I have concerns. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about stories where... You dot around time, going backwards and reacting to things which happened and forwards and all that kind of stuff. Depends how you do it, because it works. Yeah, but it's it's more it's a more high risk format because there's more that can go wrong. You're convoluting I, things. I feel which time travel is a perfect vehicle to the story. It's yeah. how Doctor Who just lasts this long, but I think as soon as it becomes part of the story, it's way too easy to pick holes in. In my opinion, and this is a controversial opinion, so you don't have to take this at face value, you cannot do a time travel story without there being plot holes. Yeah. The question is how many you have. Yeah. I think it's also the reason why I don't like it when they go into the Time War, is because I just think it just brings up so many plot holes. As soon as they start thinking of it more than just, oh, it was this event which happened before in the Doctor's history. As soon as you start delving into it like you know how they did that Paul McGann short yeah when they, the one before they're going oh you've destroyed the universe you time lords mm. but then then that then just makes you think like how is this affecting earth how does earth not know anything about this but this random person a ship does and how does this affect the rest of the timelines because you can't do something in the past but then it the more you think about it, the more it creates problems 
Mm, and this, it does. And this story does it from what I can tell so far. The thing is, like, the Time War itself is one big plot hole because it just continues to eat itself up, is the whole idea. Yeah, which I think is fine if you don't delve into it. You literally just have it as an action, as a thing yeah. which you don't talk about. Exactly what I was going to say, to be honest. I was literally going to say the same thing. It, it's good to have it and tease it without going into express detail the other mm. technique you can do with if you know that your time travel is going to have plot holes is lean into the plot holes and disorient yeah but that's not usually who yeah that wouldn't work for who much so it's it's serialized across for three episodes i think so i don't know the ending of the story yet yeah but we'll we'll see will he find more passers-by is the big question <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Them passers-by. <laughs> They're everywhere, man. Yeah. But anyway, let's go on to what we're actually here for. The Romans. The Romans. We... Owen, what are your opinions on Italy in general? Italy in general? I quite yeah. like. I've been there. We went on a... Not a road trip, a rail trip where we took trains to different parts Ooh, of it. It was very that's, nice. That's very cool. Which is the complete opposite to my opinion on this story. I hated it. Oh. <laughs> I really did not like it at all. Right. I, I'll, I'll go straight off the bat here. I don't mind it, actually. It's just... A bit loose and a bit it, iffy, and there are issues with it. It's not as bad. It's a different bad than, say, uh, Edge of Destruction and Planet of Giants. I hate yeah, it for but, different reasons. Well, you're going to have stronger opinions on me than this, so I'm just going to let you run free like a dog who's been taken to the park. But first, characters. Yes. How is everyone? Um... I, correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't feel like anyone really grows as a character here. No. Well, we have Vicky. She's she's around now. We can talk about her first. In with the crew. I don't... I feel like she was there, but didn't do anything. <laughs> Absolutely. She did nothing, did she? She sort of tags along. Because the plot of this is that... Is that everyone has arrived in Rome and they've been there now for actually a bit of time? Can I just say, I wish Doctor Who did this more. Yeah, that makes sense. Like they've just been in Rome for a few weeks. I I wish modern Doctor Who and all that stuff did this more rather than just them dropping in and then going away again. I think that gives you a good stepping off point. It means that they know the area already, so they don't need to go through the whole. Oh, where where are we? We already know yeah. the area. They already know what's left and right. They know it all, which I think. All the issues this this episode, that's not one of them. I quite liked it. Yeah, that's actually a good starting point. Uh, and then the, the basically the plot or the, the clever. What's do you, the want, right do you want to do for synopsis this time? I, I'll try it. I'll try yeah. it. Or, um, but it's not going to be great. I'll give it a shot. Anyway, so. Uh, so the four of them are hanging about in a villa in Rome. Um, and then. For various reasons, the Doctor has assumed a cool Roman alias, and he has to go to visit the Emperor, Nero. Uh, and Vicky wants to come along, and so the Doctor brings her along. All the while, Ian and Barbara are presumably left at the villa, at least that's what the Doctor and uh, Vicky know. Ian and Barbara, though, uh, get into this whole mess uh, where they become slaves. 
which is really a whole mess. Uh, yeah. And Ian is literally on a slave ship at one point, and Barbara is about to essentially be sold and whored uh, out to Roman men. Uh, but don't worry, because of a series of incredible coincidences, Barbara is bought by someone who actually doesn't doesn't really care about owning them in the first place for reasons that aren't really discussed. And Ian escapes the slave ship and just so happens to get back to Rome. Don't worry about how. And they meet up and then they end up in the Hall of the Emperor, which is where the Doctor and Vicky already are. So the plot lines clash. And then there's a whole mess involving the Emperor wanting to burn the entire city of Rome. Yes, but one correction. They're not initially in Rome. They are travelling to Rome. But how were they before? They have a name. Uh, off the top of my head, no, I don't have a name of their initial place, but it's not... Right, so Rome. random Italian town. Yeah, basically, yeah. All right, okay. Not bad, though. No. <laughs> I was not confident. I, no? I, sorry, this episode just annoys me in so many ways. I think the main thing that that could be frustrating is the fact that the romans unlike the other doctor who stories we've had is really a comedy yeah shall i explain why i don't like it yeah just because yeah that's the that's the tipping off point we need to get to so first of all i think you've already covered you've already mentioned part of it mm. doctor who in this time we saw it before in uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth. We yeah. saw it in a few others, which I've completely forgotten now. Um, essentially, we split the team off. They go in separate directions. They don't really 100% know where they're going. Hmm. But, oh, look, magical coincidence. They're in the same place. They ended up in the same place. How did this happen? Hmm. It seems to happen nearly every story. And this episode is the worst for it. The story cannot exist without some incredible coincidences. Which is fine, but it's every episode. Do you remember, was it, I think it was on this podcast I was chatting about it, uh, a week or two ago, uh, that you're allowed one coincidence in a story. Yeah. Uh, One coincidence you can get away with. I think. But more than that. I think you can get away with one coincidence, that's fine. But the issue is, it seems to be one coincidence, the same coincidence, every episode. Yeah, which is, oh, look, they're here in the same place. Yeah, which I understand why they're spitting off people. It's the same issue which we have currently in Modern Who. Three three companions and a Doctor is too many characters to deal with in one go. You need to split them off, which is fine. Yeah, I understand that. But arrange to have them to meet in a specific place rather than just going, oh, look, we've all separated, but now we're all in the same place again. That just annoys me. Yeah. People think it's cool writing because they're like, oh, he's... The writer has created a story where everyone converges and the tension builds up. It's like, yeah, all right, but how? The main question of any story is, well, how the hell did we get there? Which I feel like they can do that once or twice. That's fine. Yeah, they're allowed once. Once, one big coincidence is fine as long as it isn't, you know, ridiculous. But, But we saw in, to some extent, in Varesky where... Barbara and Ian get separated, they always end up in the same place. We see it in Dalek Invasion of Earth, very good episode, but they do it there. We see it to some extent again in Planet of Giants, where they get separated, they end up in roughly the same place without planning it. 
Yeah, coincidence is a lazy writing. And it's just annoying. But then we then add on the other element with it, which annoys me. So they end up in the same place. But they never meet. Yeah, the whole thing is coordinated almost or choreographed by the script that Ian and Barbara are on their own story and the Doctor and Vicky are on their own story and the two stories are entirely interlinked with each other and affect each other but the, but the characters never clash essentially for this one big joke that everyone gets back to the same place at the start and the Doctor's like, oh, you were obviously lounging about and you did nothing. That's pretty much the entire reason why all that effort's gone into it for this joke. Which is fine, but it just doesn't work. Yeah, why? Why don't you think it works? Because I don't think it. I don't think it completely fails. I think it got overly tedious. Like, I feel like you could do it if they were always in separate rooms, in the same place. But you mm. had it where Barbara is being chased by Emperor Nero, the person who she, who the person who brought her, sort of. Works for the Emperor, I think, is yeah. their arrangement. Tavius, yeah. So Tavius is a essentially like a staffing person yeah, to so, the Emperor and is just sort of buying staff. Yeah. And so Barbara is being chased around by Nero. She runs down a corridor. The Doctor suddenly appears but doesn't notice Barbara. It's things like that. That just gets overly tedious. Mm, and it becomes coincidence. Yeah. And as, as we were saying before... All of these things on their own is fine, but then they happen back to back to back and back. And then we also have another thing as well, which is just added on in there. Another stereotype which they keep doing. They do it twice in this episode. Twice. Hmm. So you know how previously you were saying, which you got annoyed, which Barbara didn't mention getting poisoned in Planet of Giants. Yeah, she just sort of suffers in silence for no real reason and it makes the story go slower. So we just have people pointlessly lying or avoiding a point, seemingly. Yeah. So we initially have this with the Doctor. They're wandering, Vicky and the Doctor are wandering to go to Rome. But oh no, they see a dead person. Which is not good. Which is not good. And then then a soldier walks past. The common sense thing here would be to go, Guard, guard, I've just found a dead person. Mm. But for no reason, the Doctor then assumes his identity. Like, obviously, it makes the story work later on. But as there as a character, it makes no sense. There is no... Actually, I want to I stress this. There is no reason ever to assume the identity of a dead person unless you as a person need to be dead. Yeah, or, or you need... You've been told you need to go on this particular path, which he hasn't. Yeah, it's just kind of a dead body is there. And they go, uh, you know, instead of going, oh, that's a dead body. What a shame. They go, oh, an opportunity. Yeah. Uh? And then we then also have right at the end, you've already suggested it. They just once again, just withhold information from each other for no reason. When for when Ian and Barbara are lounging around for, for Doctor and Vicky turn up and they go, well, you've done nothing. And then they just don't say, we have been, we got kidnapped. Oh, uh, yeah, they don't go straight. And they're just like, oh, but we, and they're like, no, no, you haven't done anything. And then they just don't talk about it as if we, they wouldn't be interested in the whole being slaves in ancient Rome thing. As I said, all of these things separate, 
aside from them going separate paths and ending up in the same place that's annoying because it keeps happening <laughs> mm, endlessly yeah but all of these things separately are fine but they all happen in one story right after the other and it's just annoying and tedious which is a good way really of deconstructing the entire issue with the episode is that really there is not so much a story as there are just a series of of engineered coincidences yeah to, for jokes because the romans is a comedy and they try and be funny and look humor a lot of people say humor is timeless but humor in 1964 obviously was very very different because i i didn't crack a lot of laughs no they're just what did you think of it i've had a bit of a rant what did you think about okay. it do you know, I don't think it's terrible, terrible, because there are bits of it that are watchable. They they do some cool stuff in terms of the, the, the mm. imagery, and Ian on the slave ship's kind of cool, just, I love, just to do it and build the set. I love it when, because essentially they're on a slave ship, it crashes, and I think obviously falls down, and it hits mm. the camera, and then the camera goes off. Mm. <laughs> that was my favourite point across the entire episode. I hated this episode. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's there's nice imagery. Um, some of the side characters aren't bad. There is a there's a guy Ian finds on that called uh, was it Delos? Yeah, his name very, very Westworld Delos. Uh, but he turns out to be a fairly all right character. He gets some stuff to do, and he's not one of those side characters who you immediately forget about. He's got a bit of bite, something to him. Mm. Tavius isn't bad either. No. His motivations are weird and they don't make sense. But other than that, he's a perfectly watchable I, character. To be fair, I see him as someone who's been forced into a position by Emperor Nero of buying slaves. Uh, Tavos doesn't like the idea of slaves. That's how I see mm. it, which I think, despite my issues with ep- this episode, that does make sense. It makes sense if they'd spelled it out a bit more. Yeah. But it's never really talked about. He's kind of just like that and... Yeah, it becomes a little unclear as to hmm. as to what Tavius is and what he's really going for. But yeah, that's a fair point in of itself. There are parts of it you can watch those kind of close shaves, if you will, between Ian and Barbara and the Doctor and Vicky clashing into each other's stories, hmm. and you can kind of go, "Oh, they didn't notice." Isn't that funny? Almost like Panto style, yeah. and that works on that level. But at the same time, it is just based on coincidence. I, I also felt they did it too often. Yeah, and they could do it better Yeah, than they actually did. And I say, I don't hate it. It's not the same problems which we have about destruction and all that stuff. Like, it's well written. There's elements in there to it which make all make sense. Mm. It just doesn't work for me at all. There's a decent pace. Yeah. I don't think there's really any lulls. So it's an all right pace and the script is fairly well constructed for sure. But it lacks, it lacks a reason for being in a lot of ways. Yeah, It's not like the situation where, you know, they end up in an area, the TARDIS is there uh, and then all of a sudden they can't get back to the TARDIS so they need to solve this problem to leave. Yeah. It's not really that. There just isn't a, a clear motivation as to why anything happens. Mm-hmm. So you you spend the whole episode thinking, all right, so now they're slaves. Uh, now the Doctor has to play violin, but not too well, because that's a problem now, etc., etc., etc. And you just don't get why. Yeah, you just like, sort of see it and go, okay, that's a thing. Why, why did he put himself in this position? 
essentially. Like we're yeah. our same four. It's just like, why did he get himself? Why did he lie about this particular guy not being there? Hmm. Like, did they have a laugh? Like, yeah, it's not made clear enough. And these are issues in terms of not the script as such, but just in terms of general storytelling. You need reasons for a story to exist. Yeah. I I feel like they waste the setting. I think there are bits... I'm going to respectfully say I don't think they waste it. Mm. Um, but what I will say is that they could have done more. There are bits that are all right. You know, they yeah. create this great big emperor's palace and it's a big set and they have fun with that. They go with the slave ship, the slave auctions, bits of the city, market sellers. So the imagery's good. Yeah. But maybe they don't explore some of the some of the deeper aspects of Roman society. I even think if they just if a doctor realized which Barbara was there and he attempted to help them escape, that would have been better. Of him yeah. thinking of bizarre ways for them to escape, but they always get stopped. For yeah. whatever reason. And that would be comedic because what I was going to say initially when you said that was, oh yeah, but they've gone for comedy above logic yeah. almost. It... Like, they, there could have been so much sort of like slapstick in there, which we know which they had in this in for 1960, but they just, mm. they don't even go for that. Yeah, it's just kind of coincidental like oh they didn't see each other humor and then i think they go f they try and make nero like the funny character because they got quite a big actor for it at the time Derek francis he was the first big actor to get asked to, to ask to be in a role which is yeah fantastic yeah it's a great sign of growth yeah for the show uh and so you know it's a big big character from history it's a big part and they go for a comedic take on nero now I'll preface this again by saying it was the 1960s. But the joke with Nero is that he wants to sleep with his slaves. Yeah. I.e. Barbara. Yeah. And he runs around chasing her. And it's... It's rapey. Yeah. I feel like the issue which they have on this episode is everything which could be funny... They take it over for Mark where it isn't funny. Sometimes, yeah. Like for Particularly that. For Quinston's thing, if they do it once or twice, it, say like they're in separate rooms, that's quite funny. Mm. Doing it constantly throughout two episodes in fairly obvious places, that gets annoying and tedious. Yeah, and it turns everything into like, oh, here we go again. And that's what the entire story feels like. You're just yeah. doing the same joke repeatedly. Which just doesn't work for me. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Nero, you sound really sad. Are you right? Yeah, no, it just it just annoys me. This episode, it's like it has all the good elements, but it just uses the same tropes and elements of it, which just make it tedious and annoying. Yeah, I think the more you say it, the more I kind of agree with you because I can't disagree. Like, I feel like. The only reason why I know this is the first time I really know I mentioned it before, but this is the first time it really annoyed me the fact which they always separate and then end up in the same place. Mm. I mentioned it during Dark Invasion, but it made sense and it worked. Yeah, because everyone was heading to the same location because they were motivated to go. Yeah. And but here it just kind of happens. Like Ian's on a ship which just happens to be going to Rome. 
yeah. Barbara just happens to be going to Rome to be sold. And then gets happened to be bought by the exact person who's going to be in contact with her. And it, yeah, there, it just, there's, there's no logic in, for it. In that train of thought there, we've just had like four coincidences just on one plot point. Yeah. And you can't have that in a script. You can't. You need to have motivated choices for any story to work. And that basically just puts the characters in situations regardless of, of the why. Yeah. This first and, episode, I think, which... Because we've, we've been irritated and disliked episodes, but that's mostly just due to poor quality. Yeah, like Edge of Destruction and Power Giants just don't make a lot of sense. But this, or they waste things. This for the first time where it's just... Elements have just annoyed me enough into just hating it. After a, uh, yeah, if you repeat the same thing over and over again, it will get taxing. And there are a lot of things that get repeated, particularly the coincidences. And especially with them running around the palace and it always being like, oh, who's who's Maximus Battalion? Oh, it's actually the Doctor. Oh, it's an alias. Woo! And all those kind of jokes where... I feel like I actually mentioned this before as well. Was I going on the other week about audience perspective? Maybe. And things like, so how you position an audience, because you can do it either the characters know more than you. Yes. Or you know more than the characters. Because we're discussing first person and third person books. Yeah, that yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, so this is a perfect example of how not to do you know more than the characters. Yeah. Because the whole thing is, we know the Doctor is behind the wall, but Barbara has no clue, for example. Yeah. But it doesn't It doesn't really add to the story. It just. It's just meant to be sort of funny. I feel like one way they could have done this, just going with what you were saying, one way they could have done this better, is if they showed the Doctor's point of view of just people just rushing past him, but, he's, but we're never shown who it is, and mm. the next episode we find out suddenly it's Barbara. Yeah, like, if you have it as a reveal, yeah, dramatically it's kind of cool. But they, they waste the whole gamut on just using it as a cheap joke. Yeah. They don't explore the possibilities. And I and I understand why you'd be annoyed, as much as you are, or, or even if you just, see that. Even if it's as simple as, the Doctor didn't know Barbara was there, but Barbara noticed the Doctor. And Barbara's constantly trying to get the Doctor's attention. Yeah, that works as well. But they're just both oblivious and it just doesn't work yeah everyone's just oblivious <laughs> and on their own stories and that is all it is so what you feel like watching the palace stuff especially in episodes three and four when that actually really starts to happen and they're in the palace all the time is you just feel like you're watching two entirely detached stories yeah and the whole you, you you're waiting for them to connect but they just don't because the whole joke is they don't that's the issue which we have with plants of giants but this time it's mm. the point of the story yeah, this time they've actually meant to do it, yeah. which is a real nightmare. And then let's go on to the ending, since I think we're nearly getting into half an hour. And yeah, I don't think okay. we've got much more to do other than complain. What did you think of the <laughs> ending? Uh, I'm trying to think of the freaking ending now. Um, um, this is where Rome for, gets set on fire. For Doctor gives uh, Emperor Nero the idea of setting the entire place on fire by sending fire to a map. And then they all find their way home. Uh, yeah. So the, the Great Fire of Rome, which is a significant historical event, as you may know, and it's actually yeah. referenced in Fires of Pompeii, 
um, yeah. the 10th Doctor this episode's referenced. Um, quite a big event. Explanation for them getting out? Ha ha ha. No. <laughs> they just get out, as always. Yeah. I, I do find there's a big problem with these two episodes where they just... When they get to a point where they don't want to explain something, they just don't. Yeah. They write themselves into corners and then try to phase through walls. Yeah. Can I just say, I found this ep- the ending of this episode so unremarkable. I'm fairly sure I got distracted by watching a muted YouTube video about making resin keycap art. Why Why is it with you, Owen, that that isn't surprising? <laughs> if it was anybody else, I would be, you know, asking if they needed some help. But with you, it's like normal. <laughs> it looked interesting. Resin, it was, it was tell interest- me about, res, was it resin cap art? Uh, key right? cap art. Key cap art. What, what is that? How, do they, how does that process go? It seems more interesting than this episode. I just want to hear about it. Um, so with most mechanical keyboards you've got you can replace the keycaps on them yeah with different ones so essentially what this person did was he took the t- keycap made a mold mold of it and then you know like yeah. like wooden table which they have the river going through it oh so they get the resin oh, yeah. and make sort of like transparent keys but inside there they put they use like some sort of clay to make like they they from which I was watching was a volcano going off inside the keycap. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. Um That's genuinely pretty cool. Yeah, it was way more interesting than this episode's ending. As as a consumer, though, though wouldn't that just be really expensive to get, almost impractically? Like, how much would that... Say you wanted your whole keyboard looking like that. Like how much would that set you back? Uh, it depends if you're making it yourself or buying it. If you're buying it, it's like £40 a key. <laughs> Yeah. How many, how many keys are on a freaking keyboard? Uh, <laughs> I'll do a, hun- a quick count. It's a hundred and something. Yeah. So, yeah, you're talking about five grand. Yeah. Which basically. is why no one does it for the entire keyboard. <laughs> yeah. So you just get a key or two that... Yeah, so like the escape, interesting. the escape key, which you don't really... You know already know what the escape key does. You don't need to look at it. Yeah, it's just... It's uh, muscle memory. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's it's sort of impractical, but cool. Yeah. And that's fine. I'll send you the video after this this podcast. Yeah, no, please do. That actually sounds really interesting. Much more interesting than the Romans, anyway. Not a lot happens. Uh, anyway, um, but back to the story. <laughs> so, yeah, so the ending. It happened. Yeah, the ending The ending is just as usual. One thing uh, I did find funny anything. about the ending is when they're both in the ship and Vicky just goes to Ian... Does he actually know how to fly this thing? And Ian just goes, eh, I don't think so. I mean, it flies. Yeah. But that's about it. It goes places. Whether it's intended to get where it goes is... Have they ever gone to a place intentionally yet? I still don't think they have. Uh, yes, they attempted to. So in the Reign of Terror... So, you know, remember with the Centurites, the Doctor goes into a huff because Ian criticised for Doctor's flying. Yeah. Um, essentially, the, the Reign of Terror is the Doctor t- attempting to take Barbara and Ian back to Earth, only they got it slightly wrong by the fact they landed in France and during the <laughs> French Revolution. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they got there. Close. 
it's year, not bad. year off's a bit and so is the country. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> These things happen. Yeah. See, overall then, the Romans... I have a feeling what your score is roughly going to be. I'm going to give it a four. Really? Actually, no, a three. That, you give it a four. There we go. Three. I'm going to give it a three. Because very, very surprised after be, that. Because four. the issue is, it's watchable, which Ed of Destruction and Planet of Giants isn't. They aren't watchable, mm. and I gave them a two. So I need to give this higher than that. Okay. So a three, I'm going to say. I'm going to give it a four, because bits mm-hmm. of fun... And like you say, it's 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 pretty watchable, and there are some bits that work still. It's, it's good popcorn fodder. Yeah, but the moment you think about it, <laughs> this thing falls apart badly. Like I know uh, for which we, I asked you for question. I didn't tell you how how I felt about this episode. I just asked you how did you feel about it, just so I knew if we were going to have a massive disagreement. You went, well, it's all right. But now you're thinking about it, you've realised. Yeah, I haven't really thought about it, really. I, I sort of thought it was watchable. It, they they had fun with it being Roman. They tried comedy. It was not terrible. But, yeah. The moment you start thinking about the narrative and all the lazy choices, as a, as a writer, for God's sake, I can't let that by. <laughs> I have to yeah. think about these things on, like, a level of detail. And that ain't good. But also, while we're on reviews, I was editing The Escape for rescue, rescue the other day <laughs> we should I, we could create an entire series of episodes based on ones you say wrong i think we, we we had we had we had the reign of destruction we've now got the escape these all sound good yeah i um, should go i should go write them that'd be a feature for the end of season two i write the episodes owen mistakenly thinks exist <laughs> um i i realized while editing them we didn't mention our scores for them. No, we didn't, did we? The best thing is we literally said, oh, we should do our scores. And then we got distracted by something else and just completely forgot about it. So what were your scores for um, for Rescue, not for Escape? Um, I'd give I'd give the Rescue a straight slap in the middle five. Yeah, I was saying thinking five as well. It's better than all the other short ones, but that's about it. Yeah, the ending. I, I want to make a real point of the ending, though. That could be both a zero and a twenty. Yes, because it's awful. But my God, when they walk out that door into nothingness, <laughs> oh, I haven't God. laughed much harder. That was up there with the um, with the ah, oh, was it was it a sensorite that got? Who was? No. It was in Marinus, wasn't it, in the first episode where uh, the guy he falls. attacked and the guy yeah. falls over with the scream. That's what yeah. I'm thinking about. I can't remember the name of the creatures from that now. But yeah, no. But yeah, like The that. ending wasn't very good. Anyway, we've reached the end of the Owen ranting episode. This really should have like a title like <laughs> Owen, Owen ends it all. <laughs> first one where Owen goes on a proper rant. Yeah, you really went off this episode. It's good to see, you know. I've had to carry us with the whole Chibnall can stop writing rant. Yeah. I know. I think it's the little things which annoyed me. This episode made me realise a lot of tropes this era of Doctor was using. And mm. it's annoying me. And quite cheaply. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the budget is £2.70, but the writing doesn't have to be £2.70. No, there's elements of this which... As we've already stressed some some elements which would have made this so much better. Mm. Yeah, literally, as we've been chatting, like 
just from my end, I can think of, imagine if you did the same episode, but you non-linearized it a little bit and yeah. you chopped things up uh, just a bit to throw you off the scent and then make you realize that things you thought initially weren't that. And those are always cool to do twists with characters you think are there, but not. Yeah. It felt like, like the lazy approach. Yeah. But thank you for listening to this very ranty episode. These ones are going to happen on occasion, but it's part of the fun. Yeah. The road has many ups and many downs. Yes. Just like the road for next episode for Web Planet. It's a road. We've already watched some of it. Next week's going to be interesting. I look forward to telling you all about what's happened to the ants. Yeah. I can't decide if those costumes are the best things or or the worst. Whoever made them deserves a raise and both a series of long questions. (laughs) But anyway, thank you for listening to this episode. We'll catch you uh, next week, as always, on Into the Black Archive. If you enjoyed this episode, don't be afraid to tell me how wrong I am by tweeting us at BlackArchivePod or emailing us at at blah, blah, blah. this is normally your thing to screw up black archive pod at gmail.com yeah get in touch with us there and and let us know uh, if you've watched any of these episodes um if you're a fan of the classic who and if you're from america where we're seemingly very popular thank you for being an american i've never said that before